The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. It is four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday night here on the East Coast of the United States, and you know what day and time it is. Wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malsberg Show on TNT. Okay, no uh, primaries, no caucuses today, just the aftermath and, and, and you know, uh, what went on last night and the press reaction. And again, if, if this show is anything, um, it's my opinion, and I'm not afraid to give it. You know that. It's a bunch of sound bites, which I like to think are relevant and interesting and make a point. By the way, tomorrow, I have some Kamala Harris for you. <laughs> She's talking to, well, if I tell you, you'll look it up. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Let's do this together tomorrow night, same time. I promise I'll try to lead the show off with it if nothing else big breaks. She's talking to the South Carolina University, the Gamecocks, South Carolina women's basketball team, who are 16-0 and this year, but big deal. They were ranked number one in the final four last year, and they lost in the semifinals to Iowa, and then Iowa went on to win the championship. Well, Kamala Harris goes to visit them, and... First of all, you would think that they had won the national championship like yesterday from the way she's talking to them and instead of losing it in the semifinals. And secondly, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just as bad, if not worse, than Venn diagrams and every school buses. And they went in a spaceship and they took the elevator all the way to the top to get into the spaceship. Wave to their families. Oh, I mean, you just, you know, that's not what she said here, but that's what she said in the past. So mark it on your calendar if you need to. Again, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Really good, insane I mean, if you could pick, listen to that, watch that, and then picture this woman is a heartbeat away from the presidency of the United States of America. Oh, my God. Okay. So, let's get into That's why it's so important, because she's a heartbeat away. And if Biden does run and she's on the ticket and they win, then she's the next president of the United States. Just a matter of time. So... <laughs> okay, let's um, let, let's do more here. This has become a thing now. So what I was going to say was, before I rudely interrupted myself, was if there's one thing about the show, I, there there are several opinions, sound bites, videos, um, and of course taking the media to task. And a lot of my commentary and a lot of the the bites you see in here are about that. Well, the media has started something. That's not brand new. It started a while ago. And what they do is they censor Donald Trump, the man they freely call a Nazi, Hitler, every name in the book, an anti-Semite, a white supremacist, blah, 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 blah. They censor him. What do I mean? Only basically these days, uh, I think Newsmax shows his speeches and rallies live. Uh, in its entirety, Fox will show a little bit here, a little bit there, 
of the rallies. And even when it comes to newsworthy speeches, and I'm recalling off the top of my head, when he was in, uh, was he down in Florida and then going to fly back to New York? He had been in court. He had been uh, arraigned and all that. And he makes a statement on the tar, like headed to the plane, a one minute statement live. The only the only thing he's going to say for the whole day after being in court and being arraigned on charges. And I remember Jake Tapper. Well, we're not going to show it because we don't we don't like lies. We don't show lies. You know, and I'm like, what? OK, so last night. Tapper was at it again. I didn't see it, but I read, I heard. Uh, Tapper interrupted Trump's victory speech in Iowa after he won the Iowa caucuses when he started talking about, I don't remember, but he interrupted him. He stopped the, the coverage of it, okay? But what's worse is those creeps, those disgusting, race-baiting creeps over it msnbc they didn't show donald trump's victory speech live at all not at all rachel maddow one of the most disgusting media figures of all time muhammad ali sorry um she was in charge of things and she likes to let everybody believe that she's totally in charge of things at the network and she might be because she checks boxes and she gets ratings, but she checks boxes too. Very important, more important than qualifications these days. Okay, so I want you to watch this. This is just total insanity. Their coverage of Iowa, Trump's about to speak. Maddow acknowledges that he's about to speak. Um, here is cut one, 92. At this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, and honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. That is a fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And so his remarks tonight will not air here live. We will monitor them um, and let you know about any news that he makes. Really? First of all, first of all, first of all, there's so many, there's so much here. And first and foremost, how dare they? Okay, just in general, how dare they? You want to fact check them? according to your facts, after the fact, be my guest. But you don't, you're, you're gonna selectively edit. It's like the whole world selectively edited when he said there were good people on both sides about the, the marchers in Virginia, of course, with the torches and, and, and all that. When 50 seconds later, he said, unprompted by the media, he said on his own, of course, I'm not talking about white supremacists and neo-Nazis, they should always be condemned. No, no, that never happened. But anyway, so who who lies? 
Rachel, who lies? Uh, but that's not that's it. And MSNBC, where just about almost in my the way I view it, the way I know MSNBC is, I mean, you listen to Scarborough. His opinions are truth. Um, Joy Reid and others, where everything that happens almost, you know, is based on race. That's truth. I mean, this is just insane. It's disgusting. And and here's the clincher. And Joe Biden, by the way, who lies so often, telling the same crappy lying stories. And that about and to that they go, ah, ha, 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 old Joe. <laughs> but here's the thing. The same people who will tell you that Trump is a threat to democracy and he'll lock people up. And he won't. He's going to close down media outlets. And what do these people do? The very media outlets that are afraid that Trump will go after them and all that kind of stuff. They don't. And it's not just MSNBC. They they won't allow Trump a platform to speak even after winning a primary, setting a record in winning a primary. (laughs) What are they going to do if he wins the presidency? Not not that play his inauguration speech live you think that's out of the question they'll do it they'll censor him it's exactly what they accuse trump of wanting to do say he's going to do and they're doing it it's what the left does it's what the left does january 6 january 6 january 6 you know how i feel about it if anybody was violent if anybody broke the law consequences but you never hear them talk about Antifa or anybody who blew up a pro a pro life center or or or, or you know or, or bashed the the fence at the White House to where the Secret Service on Saturday night had to evacuate workers in the White House and media members in the White House. No, nothing, none of that's new. No, shh. But Trump lies. That Nazi Hitler lies. We can't let you hear it. that's what we're up against if they had their way and in conjunction with this when you hear barack obama and others on the left say you can't have a democracy if the truth isn't evident if if people hear two versions of the truth if there's two truths you can't have a democracy so who gets to decide what's the truth rachel maddow msnbc barack hussein obama oh he called him hussein that's his freaking name Richard Milhouse Nixon, <gasps> George W. Bush, Ronald, enough already, William Jefferson Clinton. He said Jefferson. No, that was never an issue. But if you said Barack Hussein Obama, you were an Islamophobe or something. It's just the way they work. It's how they work. It's who they are. It's who they are. So they censor. The man who's leading in the polls nationally against Biden to be the next president of the United States because we can't let you hear what he says. He lies. Oh, nobody else lies. Only Donald Trump lies. And what's a lie? Anything he says that we disagree with. Oh, thank you. That's where we are in this country. And if the left wins again, and God forbid ever, gets control of the Senate with 60 votes and the House and the White House, this country is done. 
it's over. Like I said, Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. will be states. You'll get four more Democratic senators. You'll have um, stacked Supreme Court. Uh, no more electoral college. California and New York will basically elect the president. What else? I mean, just you, you can't imagine. It'll be all over. And who knows? Who knows what they'll do to MAGA people? You know, the basket full of deplorables that Hillary talked about. And Joe Biden talks about mega, those mega people. Yeah. Talk about camps. Well, they keep saying Donald Trump wants camps for, you know, for gays and poor people and this and that. If they're talking about it, maybe it's for us, us mega, us mega people. Just like everything else, whatever they accuse Trump and the right of doing, they're doing. Very dangerous, very scary situation when they won't let Donald Trump give his victory speech live. <laughs> I laugh, but what else could I do? What else can I do? Okay, let us uh, continue here. Let's move to uh, some of the speech that Rachel Maddow and MSNBC, the, the beacon of truth in media, would not allow um, their viewers to hear or see. So here is Trump. Um, Cut 188. Well, I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time. And most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout. What a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together. Uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative, it would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. That's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important. And I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon. First of all, thank God MSNBC didn't let their viewers hear that. I mean, my God, full of that was just full of lies and distortions. And doesn't he sound really like the, the dictator? He wants to be a dictator. <laughs> Let's all come together. <laughs> These people know no shame. They know. K-N-O-W. No. N-O. Shame. I don't know how to spell that. Yes, I do. Kidding. Um, okay. Let's continue with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, here he is. Cut 189. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a good a good time together. We're all having a good time together. And uh, I think they both actually did very well. I really do. I think they both did very well. We don't even know what the outcome of second place is. And uh, I see Gary Lake. Congratulations, Gary. I spotted her, I have to announce, because she's terrific. She's going to be a senator, a great senator, I predict, right? You're going to be a great senator. And uh, I also want to congratulate Vivek because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%. And that's a, an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. He is a monster, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he wants to assassinate his adversaries. Right. That's what the that's what the left keeps telling us on MSNBC, on all the other. 
aren't his adversaries, Nikki Haley and DeSantis and, and, and uh, Ramaswamy? Tonight, before I came on, he's in uh, New Hampshire, Trump is, and he had Ramaswamy up on stage with him. Dictator, monster, assassin. <laughs> That's why they don't want to show you him, because it puts a hole in their stinking, disgusting narrative. That's probably why. And Carrie Lake, who's been on this show. Yeah. What was she doing in Iowa? Uh, she's from uh, Arizona, but that's okay. And let's hope she wins the Senate seat. Anyway, let's uh, continue with cut 190. I think most importantly, I want to thank my incredible wife, uh, First Lady, I'll say former and maybe future. But more important than Melania, I want to thank her incredible, beautiful mother who passed away a few days ago. And she's up there, way up there. She's looking down and she's so proud of us. And I just want to say to Amalia, you are special. One of the most special people I've ever known. And uh, that was a tough period of time for the family. But she, uh, she's amazing. She was amazing. So I just want to thank what she's done for our family and her husband, who's home right now and very lonely. He's a lonely man, but he's going to be okay. Victor, they're great people, great uh, Great parents to all of us, really. I mean, great parents, but also to Baron. Boy, did she take care of Baron. That's how he got so tall. He only ate her food. Yeah, I, I mean, the more you listen to this speech, the more you realize how right Rachel Maddow and MSNBC were. And I mean, you can't have the people hear this live. First, he calls for unity. Then he names his opponents and says that we should all get come together. And then he talks about his uh, his recently deceased mother-in-law, praises her. I mean, this is this is horrible stuff. It's horrible stuff if you're on the left because it humanizes him. It shows that they are full of crap when they tell you that he's Hitler and a dictator and a wannabe assassin of his enemies. I mean. This guy who was president for four years and didn't do any of that <laughs> and is giving this victory speech, this guy. Wow. Wow. One more from uh, Trump from last night. And I believe this is 191. When you look at what's happened with inflation, inflation is destroying, you know, they call it a country killer. Going back hundreds of years, Germany, countries that had big inflation are dead. They become dead countries. We have to stop that immediately. And we want peace through strength. Russia would have never attacked Ukraine, would have never done it. Putin and I get along fine. We get along very well. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. The fake news, which I would, if the fake news would become real and honest news, 90% of our problems in this country would be solved. They would be solved. So, Russia would have never attacked. Israel would have never been attacked. The Ukraine situation is so horrible. The Israeli situation is so horrible. What's happened? And uh, we're going to get them solved. We're going to get them solved very fast. There you go more intolerable remarks from um, 
from the Hitler wannabe. And uh, let's go back to, uh, to Maddow and MSNBC, because they were in rare form, rare form. Uh, not only did Maddow explain, you know, that we can't let Trump speak on this network live, but here's more of what she had to say. Uh, of course, uh, talking about fascism, but of course, here's cut 193. If we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm -hmm. But people wanting that is a much Mm -hmm. bigger part Mm -hmm. of that equation. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leader's interchangeable. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm-hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm-hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm-hmm. They are pushing Trump That's to right. get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. That- yeah. and, and that is coming from the, a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm-hmm. of one man. Listen to what she's saying and then ask yourself, isn't banning Trump's speech from her airwaves, of course, cable's not the air technically, but for our purposes, isn't what she did and what MSNBC did and all her cronies there on that panel did, isn't that authoritarianism? Is if Trump, if, 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 if Trump was president and he said, By the way, I really hope that conservative outlets don't give an audience to Chuck Schumer or to any or Akeem Jeffries, the top ranking right now, Senate majority leader and and uh, and uh, Democratic leader in the House. They shouldn't let them talk on conservative media. What would they call him? An authoritarian. A dictator. Who wants to stifle. It's fascism. And that's exactly what they did to him before they go into this rant about him. You have to have a lot of chutzpah and a lot of nerve. And you must think you have a dumb as you know what audience to be able to do that. You want more from this garbage network called MSNBC? Here's a. Here's Joy Reid. Joy Reid, what's she going to talk about? Here's cut 194. But, you know, I feel like the important sort of data point, and, and you know, Steve talks about it a lot. He's, he's going to probably talk about it a little more tonight, is that these, these are white Christians. That this is a state that is overrepresented, overrepresented by white Christians that are going to participate in these tonight. caucuses, yes. especially tonight. Um, I today, earlier today, reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones, um, from the Public Religion Research Institute, knowing that we were going to talk about Iowa, and this is a hyper evangelical st- white state. And he said the following to me: Iowa is about 61 percent white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately 41 percent white Christian. And in Iowa, we're talking about evangelical white Christians. And he said the following. 
because I asked him, what do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing, he keeps delivering losses and losses and losses. And he said the following, they see themselves as the rightful inheritors of this country and Trump has promised to give it back to them. All the things that we think about, about electability, about, you know, what are people gaming out or mm-hmm. none of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country, that it is yours. And that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is a is a fraudulent American, is a less, a less, a less real American, then you don't care about electability. You know, it would be, in my view, and I don't want anybody to be closed down. But MSNBC should be held up as an example of what it is, a bastion of racial division, political division, hatred against white people, hatred against Christians. Obviously, evangelicals gets an asterisk next to it for a special hatred. Um, It's just it's it's beyond belief. It's beyond belief. You know, it should be a badge of pride that uh, that Trump should wear, that these buffoons wouldn't play his uh, his speech. Sticking with MSNBC, Alex Wagner. Um, more on evangelicals, of course. Let's trash evangelicals. Here's cut one ninety seven. Evangelical America is behind Donald Trump. And that sort of gets to the roots of like what Trumpism is now. You know, we were told in 2016 that evangelicals made their beds with Trump because they wanted to have a Supreme Court that was modeled in an evangelically conservative model. Well, they got that. But it seems like their affiliation with Trump and MAGAism runs deeper than that. And, you know, David French has articulated this quite beautifully. It's 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 that the Trump has in some ways become religion for a certain section of the American electorate and especially for evangelicals, that it's not about the virtue anymore. It's about the vice that Trump expresses. And I think you see that playing out in Iowa, where the evangelical vote is key. It is central to what is going to unfold tonight. And it is very much a group of people that that find that Trump is in some ways a second coming. You believe that evangelical Christians think that Trump is the second coming of Christ? Or is this woman just out of her freaking mind? And she talks about evangelicals. They all do as if it's a monolithic group and they all think the same and they're a cult. Okay. They speak for themselves. I have nothing to add about them. We're going to go away. We're going to come back. The great Jeffrey Lord is waiting in the on-deck circle. I didn't know we had an on-deck circle, but apparently we do. Uh, Steve Ballsberg right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. 
Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you back to the show and joining us once again. Uh, I'm very happy to say first time in 2000 and I can't believe I'm saying it 2024. The great Jeffrey Lord, columnist, uh, author, commentator served in the Reagan administration. Jeffrey, welcome aboard, sir. Good to be here. Happy New Year. Buckle in. <laughs> Buckle in because it's just getting started. So what was your take on the um, the record-setting victory by Donald Trump in Iowa yesterday. What does it mean? It, it was truly amazing. And, and I'll tell you, two things. Number one, it gives him a leg up uh, in New Hampshire and as we move along here. The one caution I would raise about New Hampshire, you know, and you do know, Steve, is that we have 50 states in this country and there's 50 set of rules for primaries. And in New Hampshire, the rule is that you can show up at the polls and say that you are an quote unquote undeclared voter and then vote in the Republican or the Democratic primary. There are stories out there that Democrats are encouraging their own folks to show up, do that, and then vote in the Republican primary for Nikki Haley. <laughs> which I find fairly uh, fairly interesting. Conspiratorial for sure, but if true, uh, interesting. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, that we've, you know, I, I remember Rush Limbaugh may rest in peace talking about this in years gone by. So should we take the New Hampshire results with a grain of salt? Because we will have no way of knowing uh, how widespread, if at all, that kind of procedure is. If somebody other than Donald Trump wins this, we, we need to be careful. Um, but I, I mean, in, in fairness, the governor of New Hampshire, John Sununo, or Chris Sununo. No, 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 Christopher Sununu. Yeah, Chris, right. Uh, I get my Sununus mixed up. There's so many. Yeah, well, jo jo John was a great governor himself. Yes, his dad. And I think there was another one who was senator for a while, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. But at any rate, um, he is thoroughly in Nikki Haley's corner. Right. And uh, as we have all learned in the American political system, governors rather than senators, I mean, it's a rare senator who has such incredible clout in their state. Governors, on the other hand, run the whole administrative apparatus and they can do all kinds of things. And uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if Nikki Haley 
did did well or won, etc. That said, she is a massive amount of points behind in her own state of South Carolina, which is yeah. next, which is next up on the the T block there. So um I I think at the end of the day, Donald Trump is going to carry this forward. And and I think there's a reason for it. And as I have started to say, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are candidates. Donald Trump is a movement. I've, you know, never seen anything quite like this. Um, you know, the, the support that he draws across the board from all kinds of people who really believe in essence that the American establishment has turned against them and is using everything in its power to, you know, keep them down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that Donald Trump is their savior from all of this because he will stand up and fight it. That really is uh, a big deal here. And it's sort of like an underlying undercurrent in all that's going on here. So we will see. But I think that that powers empowers him in a way that the other candidates just don't have. I think that's a great way of putting it, that Trump is a movement and uh, the other two are our candidates. And I, I love the spin that each one of them put on it last night, the uh, the candidates you mentioned. Uh, Ron DeSantis, our, our ticket has been punched. I guess what that means is we could stay in the race because we finished second. And Nikki Haley, well, I... Didn't I win? I mean, I, I feel great. This is wonderful. You know, so I mean, what, what do you expect, I guess? Um, but it's going to be very interesting. I think um, uh, DeSantis is polling at 6% in New Hampshire, which is, by the way, next Tuesday. And so he's skipping. He's not going to spend much time there. He's going right to South Carolina. I want there's, you to hear. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Weigh in on that. There's one thing, and I would throw this number out to you. The number 1,215. And what is that? Yep. That is the exact number of delegates you need on the floor of the Republican National Convention to clinch the nomination. So, I, and I frankly haven't looked, but Donald Trump won X amount. His second and third opponents won much smaller amounts. So now the race right. is on to get to 1,215. And every single primary is going to bring a new count to this. So we need to keep our eye on this because at a certain point, He's just going to be so far ahead that uh, it, it's just going to be fruitless to, you know, try and stop yeah. it. Yeah. And it comes down to money eventually. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know who's going to be pouring <laughs> millions of dollars into either of the campaigns no. if Trump keeps, keeps keeps winning and getting those delegates. You know, when I was a teenager and a political geek, I became familiar with the California Democratic Speaker of the House. His name was Jess Unruh, and this was during the Reagan era. And he was a machine politician. He was the boss of the Democratic Party. And he had a saying that he loved to repeat, which was, money is the mother's milk of politics. <laughs> and it, it is. And when any candidate runs out of that mother's milk, they're yep. stuck. And they're out of the race. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 big trouble. Let me ask you, um, what what do you think of? Uh, and, and again, they're not unique. This has happened, you know, especially since January 6th. I've seen Tapper do it on CNN. I've seen others do it. You know, we're not going to play you Donald Trump's remarks. They don't carry his rallies live, all that. But and, and even when he was on the tarmac after one of his court arraignments and the only comment he was making that day 
at all, CNN and Tapper wouldn't carry it live uh, because, because, because he lies. He's a liar. Um, but what about what about what Maddow did yesterday by not you know, announcing by announcing on the air? Sorry, Trump's going to speak, but we're not going to bring it to you live. And thank you, Rachel, for boosting his poll numbers. You know, <laughs> it, it is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Every time the legal Democrats go after him and indict him, his poll numbers go up. And the American people at this point, and you mentioned my Newsbusters column. The whole reason that Newsbusters as a site exists is because conservatives have long since become aware of the bias in the liberal media and that if they don't like certain things, they're going to shut it down and not present it. That's why Newsbusters, the media research center, is there. And in the larger sense, that's why Fox News took off. That's why you're here. That's why I'm, I'm a contributor these days for Newsmax. I mean, all these things have taken off and succeeded because millions of Americans get the deal that the liberal media shuts them down and yep. they don't like to respond. And so they stop watching. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And by the way, tomorrow we have uh, I'm sorry. Thursday, we have a, a, news bus, a Newsbusters uh, uh, representative. They did a study, an amazing study on, on how the Biden administration has urged censorship in the schools of, of different events and how it's modeled after a German model. It's, a, it's amazing. And we're going we're gonna to go in depth uh, on that. But let me, I want you to hear something, speaking of the media. So Rachel Maddow on this panel announces we're not going to cover it. Then you got Joy Reid, who says, you know, white Christians, too many white Christians, evangelicals. Then um, uh, Alex Wagner opens her mouth and reinforces that. We played all that so far before you came on, Jeffrey. But I want people to hear uh, Lawrence O'Donnell on the same panel weighing in on Nikki Haley's chances going forward in the primaries uh, on the Republican side, of course. So here is 199. CBS poll of their final poll before the Iowa caucus, this is a national poll, shows that 81 percent of Republican primary voters and caucus participants, 81% of those people agree with Donald Trump that immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country. That means that 81% of the Republican primary electorate believe Nikki Haley has poisoned blood and is poisoning the blood of the United States. So th that as a roadblock for Nikki Haley is impossible, but it also shows you what you're up against in any kind of campaign against voters like that. The, the convertibility of voters like that to anything other than the Trump view of the world is impossible. Wow. I, I, you go first, you go first, because I, I can't. Uh, of course, he, he deliberately uh, you know, says things that aren't true. Donald Trump is not anti-immigration. He is against illegal immigration. All he wants in this country that is 100% filled with a population of people descended from immigrants, all he wants is for people to stand in line, wait their turn, come in, fill out the right paperwork, get approved, and in they go. And that's what they're not trying to do. It. And why is that? Because they play the race card. And, and they play the race card. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. The Democratic Party was founded by slave owners. 
I've read all their platforms, all of them. And the very first six supported slavery. Then we get to, towards the end of the Civil War, their Democratic members of Congress voted against abolishing slavery, the 13th Amendment, the 14th, which gave blacks due process rights, and the 15th, which gave them the right to vote. And then they set up Jim Crow laws and segregation. Now we're dealing with identity politics, which I call the son of segregation. In other words, everything for these people, everything is about race. That's their right. history. That's what they are. And that's how they do it. And they will divide by race because that's how they win elections. No, you're ab you're absolutely right. We're talking to Jeffrey Lord here on the Steve Malzberg show on TNT. You mentioned uh, Newsbusters. You mentioned your piece. Um, you you uh, took to task a CNN quote unquote fact checker. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. Well, she she was trying to say that Donald Trump had said certain things here and and i and i forget the, the the one that i cited but it it was a direct quote oh i know that cnn believed that uh, trump had uh, that what donald trump had said about pulling the strings and with the justice department and pressuring his attorney general to prosecute him and cnn said it was a quote unquote baseless conspiracy theory unquote well really i went back and looked and i knew better i went back and looked and lo and behold, there was this story, front page of the New York Times, and I'll read the headline. Resurface New York Times report says Joe Biden pressured Merrick Garland to prosecute Donald Trump. That's the New York Times. And then another story that they ran in April of 22 was Garland faces growing pressure as January 6th investigation widens. And it says... The inquiry is a test for President Biden and Attorney General Merrick B. Garland, who both came into office promising to restore the Justice Department's independence, which by which they're saying independence means they do what Joe Biden wants. And Joe right. Biden wants Donald Trump indicted. CNN just completely blew it off. And of course, the New York Times proved them wrong. It is. It is so bad. Let me ask you, um, we are now in January. Uh, now the Biden administration, I noticed today, has this uh, spokesperson uh, in charge of something uh, of the campaign going out. He was actually on with Brett Baer. He was on CNN. He's he's making the rounds. I haven't seen that happen up until now. Um, I, I, you know, I, I I'm still of the belief that that Biden is going to drop out for some reason when push comes to shove, but. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? And and let's not leave out in that consideration, Jeffrey, and I know you won't. Michelle Obama's recent podcast interview, you know, where she's she can't sleep at night because of Donald, the thought of a Donald Trump second term. What 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 do you see happening? Well, I think if there's anyone who is more acutely concerned about Joe Biden, it's the Obamas. Um, because they want to win. And uh, I, I, I have no question that President Obama, former President Obama, has played a large role in the Biden administration. Yep, yep. Problem, the problem that they have is that he isn't well. And I may have said this to you before. You know, I my mom passed away in 2018 at the age of 99, and I took care of her. When she got to be about 97, we started this gentle slope down into dementia. And I look at Joe Biden, and I see my mother, you know, yeah. he, he finishes a speech, but he's had trouble reading. And then he looks around and he's confused. He doesn't, he doesn't know where to go. Yeah. 
doesn't yeah. know where to go. They need people. The other day, Jill Biden was leading him off the stage. Yeah. Now, yep. this is this is an incredibly ambitious political family that spent their entire life revolving around his career, made money off of it, all of that kind of thing. Are they willing just to walk away from this? Call me skeptical. Could they be forced to run, a, you know, leave it? If it gets so bad that the doctor says this just is not sustainable or it'll kill him, then, right. then but I, I just think that uh, he's not going anywhere. And in the process, I mean, what really bugs me is it's one thing for people like us and Americans to be talking about this at their kitchen tables. It's another thing when you realize Vladimir Putin is paying attention and Xi Jinping, yep. Kim Jong-un and the mullahs in Iran. This is very dangerous stuff. And uh, I think it's a concern for everybody. And what would I, I, if, if they keep him there and he does run and get renominated, I think Donald Trump is going to beat him in no small part because of this. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't agree more, but we'll, we'll see. I got one one final question for you. Uh, what would Ronald Reagan have done if his defense secretary checked into the hospital and didn't tell anybody, didn't tell him while there was the same kind of military atmosphere that we have now in this country uh, at that time? Um, what, what would Reagan have done to that defense secretary? You make me think of Alexander Haig, the late great secretary of state and general for uh President I'm Reagan. in charge. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. That I'm was uh, that was that's right. Well, he proved to be such a difficult personality as Secretary of State that about six months into the first term, Reagan fired him. <laughs> there was no room for this. Reagan was the one who was elected president, and he wasn't going to let you know somebody playing to be Secretary of State as you know to taking over his role and causing all kinds of problems. So right. Yeah, it's um, it's really incredible what's going on. Jeffrey, thank you, my friend. As always, stay well. That's the most important thing. And we'll speak to you again, my friend. And as I said, buckle in. <laughs> yes, I am buckled. Oh, I am buckled. Jeffrey Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Jeffrey. All right, folks, we have one. Thank you. We have one final segment left in the hour. I didn't say that yesterday. And I remembered after not saying it that I didn't say it and I didn't allude to it. So I'm alluding to it now. Maybe that makes it it keeps the streak going. Anyway, we'll be right back. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked in the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. 
Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je ne m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. You are loved. You are valued. You are resilient. You got this. You are there for them. We are here for you. Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. You're listening to The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Um, let, me, let me pick up with another MSNBC race comment by Joy Reid. It's also about Nikki Haley and, and her race and blaming the fact that she didn't win and can't win because she's a woman of color. The baloney you heard from Lawrence O'Donnell that because American Trump voters agree with Trump, and Republicans agree with Trump that illegal aliens are harming this country. Somehow that relates to Nikki Haley. What a jerk. Now, Joy Reid bases it on, on race also. She's also wrong. But here, here's a cut 205. And the problem for Haley is she if she does well tonight or even if she just does really well in New Hampshire, she has to have a path after that. Right. And the electorate in the states after New Hampshire is much more like Iowa yep. than it is like New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a unique unicorn in some ways in the early primary states. It's much more independent. It's much more of the people Steph was talking about. And that's her challenge. She could have money, but it's like, how are you going to win? How are you going to win your home If she state? wins New Hampshire, she gets to Super Tuesday no matter what. Yes, yeah. yes, but she still has to have a path to winning in those states that are more like Iowa than New Hampshire. And I think to the point there. that you made, Steph, I mean, it, it's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't care how much the donor class likes her, which will yeah. ramp up a lot, the better yeah. she does in New yes. Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis' only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal. Everything is about race. Everything is about race with these people on MSNBC. It's disgusting. It's so disgusting. Um, but Nikki Haley responded. She wasn't there, but she responded to what uh, Joy Reid said uh, in Cut 206. First of all, I mean, Joy Reid lives in a different America than I do. I mean, yes, I'm a brown girl that grew up in a small rural town in South Carolina who became the first female minority governor in history, who became a U.N. ambassador and who is now running for president. If that's not the American dream, I don't know what is. You can sit there and give me all the reasons why you think I can't do this. I will continue mm. to defy everybody on why we can do this and we will get it done. Are you a racist party? Are you involved in a racist party? No. 
we're, we're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Are we perfect? No. But our goal is to always make sure we try and be more perfect every day that we can. I know I faced racism when I was growing up, but I can tell you today is a lot better than it was then. Yep. Oh, shh. You can't say that. <laughs> you know, it, it is it is it is so disgusting. And, and again, by, by 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 making everything about race, they're dividing this country. It's what it's what Biden does. It's what the Democrats do. You know, blacks can't vote. Um, you know, there was a poll out and we're going to talk about this um, next week with Horace Cooper of Project 21. Um, and, and the poll shows that when it comes to DEI, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, that even the majority of, of uh, African-Americans and uh, Latinos are glad that race isn't being used in uh, admissions to college and, and elsewhere. It's just, you know, and again, how many times have you heard from the, the, the baloney left that um, Republicans don't want blacks to vote. So remember Georgia? Oh, they're making it impossible for blacks to vote. And, and you know, an ID card, if you say you, that people need an ID card to vote, you're a racist. Why? Because blacks have a harder time getting the proper ID. Really? They do? Why? Do they go to banks? Do they drive cars? Do they live? They don't have ID because they're black? So anyway, Polls, what do polls show? Blacks don't have a problem getting ID. They don't they they like the idea of ID to vote. Same with the Native Americans and the Washington Redskins name. Oh, the Washington Redskins, Washington ra racist. Of course, that name's been changed. But the latest polls by the Washington Post leading up to that change showed that an overwhelming majority of Native Americans polled said, I like that name. I don't have a problem with the name. They're just they push divisive race garbage. They lie about everything. I'm telling you, you mark my words, come, uh, I don't know, November, whatever, um, September, when Obama gets out there on the campaign trail later this year, he'll be saying, they want to take your social security, your grandmother's social security away. I'm telling you, that's what they do every single time. Every single time. And of course, any changes proposed to Social Security would in no way come near affecting current recipients or anybody within 10 years of getting it. They lie. That's what they do best. And Republicans better fire back uh, verbally, rhetorically and all that. They better fire back. OK, folks, tomorrow, uh, Congresswoman Victoria Sparts from the great state of Indiana will join us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. I'm Steve Malsberg. Be here, be there, 9 p.m. right here on TNT.